time for episode 16 of By All Means, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee time now online by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or calling them at 330-740-7112. I'm your host, Mark Means, Dave Ferris, at our studios for Western Reserve Radio in Struthers. And it is the 16th episode of By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio. Coming up on today's show, we are joined by Corey Crisson to talk some Indians baseball as the Indians are set to open up the 60-game shortened season next Friday when they host the Kansas City Royals. If you have not heard, the Indians and Pirates announcing a three-game exhibition series to get the teams ready for regular season play to begin, with the first game taking place in Pittsburgh at PNC Park on Saturday at 7.05. Game two the following Monday at 7.05. That game at Progressive Field in Cleveland and carried live on Sports Time Ohio. And the third game on Wednesday, again at 7.05, and that game will be at Pittsburgh's PNC Park. So those will be the three exhibition games for the Indians before they get ready to host the Royals next Friday to begin the sprint to a World Series championship for one team in a shortened 60-game season. Corey Christen from the Toledo Blade will join me after the first break to talk about some young players to watch out for. Maybe they don't make the opening 30-player roster, but they may be in that extended roster camp that is taking place at the home of the Lake County Captains in Eastlake. I know there's one name that we have talked about a lot before, the two of us, that will probably come up in the conversation and uh, we'll get to all of that coming up after we take our first break. You want to get on a board when we have open phones. The number is 330-707-4202. That is the number to join us for any shows right here on Western Reserve Radio. A lot to get to, talking about some players to look out for, some players that could be a surprise for the Indians this year coming up with my co-host Ryan Alessio near the bottom of the hour as we talk a lot of tribe on this episode number 16 of By All Means right here on a Western Reserve Radio. We'll take a break, come back, and have more right after this. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio on westernreserveradio.com. By all means, here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Milk Creek Golf Course. We go to the phones, and my former co-host of the bullpen, right here on Western Reserve Radio, Corey Christen, now of the Toledo Blade, is on the phone. Corey, how goes it? Mark, it goes about as good as it can get right now, given what we're all working with. What's going on your way? How's everything been? You know, everybody is good. Um, we've been able to do these shows from home, thanks to Dave producing everything at the at the studio, which I know you are quite familiar with. But I want to jump in. I know we don't have yeah. a lot of time with you and talk about the Indians. And, boy, I think there's some young players that fans might not be that familiar with that I think could play a factor in this shortened season, Corey. 
Well, you're good. I can make a little bit of time today, but uh, I need to answer your, your thought, absolutely. And uh, what's really interesting to me about all of these taxi squads, most if not all, I should say, across Major League Baseball is the teams are keeping this pool of 60 players pretty much reserved for, obviously, the 40-man guys that plan to be on you know, that roster to begin the season. But a lot of what we are seeing are prospects that are either on the cusp of making Major League debuts that haven't yet or the top prospects. And I say that because I look at the roster that the Indians is taking to either East Lake or Cleveland, and we saw some of these players in Mahoning Valley, you know, last year, two years ago, really young talent. And I think that's so cool to see because – we talked, we talked on the bullpen in shows past about what are the Indians' plans for the future? Who's coming up next? And we even saw as soon as I believe it was yesterday where Nolan Jones went yard in their inter-squad scrimmage game, and he's obviously the top prospect in the system. We saw him in Mahoney Valley a few years ago, and he's on the brink now. You know, he, he did well last year, and certainly Lynchburg and also Akron. But uh, that's going to be your top guy to look for as, as camp breaks, so to speak, at the end of the month here. But I, that's the one thing that I found interesting. If you look at MLB Pipeline's top 30, there were a ton of the top, even 10 and 15, that are on this roster that's going to break, uh, you know, whether it's in Cleveland or on the taxi in Eastlake. And, you know, a name that you and I, whether it's on the radio uh, or just in conversation, a name we have talked about quite extensively over the last couple of years is Yu Chang. And I don't know mm-hmm. if there's a spot for him on the 30, but he sure as hell fighting for one, homering in the first five inter-squad games, including two home runs off of Carrasco in those five home runs. And he hasn't really shown a lot of power in the minor leagues. And you wonder if he's really starting to mature and could be a factor for this team. Well, it's it's intriguing because we we know it's going to be Lindor, Ramirez, Santana, the three to start there, and the Indians signing uh, Cesar Hernandez in the offseason. That, that's your core infield there. But going out and getting Christian Royal last year didn't really do Yu Chang any favors. And when you look at that infield pool, I mentioned Nolan Jones, who's a third base, and that's where he'll stick. But up the middle, you have the likes of Tyler Freeman, who was in A-ball last year. I think he's, for my money – the second-best shielding uh, prospect in the system. you got Ernie Clement, who was injured a little bit, uh, spent time in Akron and Columbus, and then and then really it's Chang. Aaron Bracho, too, but he was in Mahoney Valley last year. But it, it's really Chang's time to step up. And you know what? I, we've seen a little bit of power from him before. He has that ability, but I think that you Chang's shielding, so to speak, has come from – just an average shortstop play. I would have liked to see a little bit more on the diamond. You know, I'm not saying make flashy plays here and there, but um, solid consistency. We know the Indians like players that can move around the diamond if they can. He's really a profiled shortstop, and he could play a little second base, but it's just almost it's almost like there's a log jam there, and he's, so to speak, getting wedged out of the position, you know, with Lindor, obviously, and you look at your middle infield talent like, like Jose Ramirez, you move him if you want to to second or third. He'll play mostly third base, assuming Nolan Jones stays in East Lake. So it, it's an interesting situation because Chang kind of has to keep pushing for that spot. 
even though I feel like he's done quite a bit already in his minor league career to earn it. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. The other one I want to talk to you about, and Ryan and I are going to break it down ourselves a little bit later on in the show, but there's not really a lot of battles in this shortened spring training or summer camp or whatever you want to call it, but there are questions about who gets the fourth and fifth spot in the rotations. What do you think? How are you thinking that plays out? I don't know. Uh, it, it's, you know, Aaron Savale's there, obviously, Beaver, Carrasco, Clevenger are up there. Um, you know, that's so tough. I mean, Savali will get in there. He'll have a shot. I think Logan Allen has a really good shot at, at being there. I'm talking about four and five, realistically. I mean, there there are – it's not really set in stone who's going to get that four quite yet, I don't think. And, you know, Tristan McKenzie coming off of injury, I don't think so. Um, Zach Klezak, of course, there. He'll, he'll, he should be in there, I think. So, I mean, I think really your five – after this camp breaks, it's going to be somewhere in the realm of Bieber, Carrasco, Clevenger, which is scary to think that Clevenger could be a three, even though he's probably an eight elsewhere in the AL Central. Uh, Bieber, Carrasco, Clevenger, uh, Clevenger Savali, and Plezak. I think that's comfortably the five. But there are a few names. Adam Plutko, of course, could, could eat in there. Um, I think that's incredibly deep. They have one of the deepest starting rotations in all of baseball. It, it's easily top five, if not top two or three. And, you know, it's very top-heavy with Beaver and Carrasco and Clevenger. That four, I, I feel like that four is locked down for Plezak, and then Savali will get that five. But nothing's obviously been set yet, and uh, there are some names that could eke in there. We saw Ethan Hankins step up in Lake County last year, still very young, but he, he certainly has an outside chance. Uh, Eli Morgan could sneak in. Again, Logan Allen is another name. So I think that the embarrassment of riches that the Indians have had with starting pitching over the last few years just continues into this year. And, you know, here's the other question. You mentioned Plutko, but I honestly do feel like, you know, no matter what, he's probably going to make this team, don't you think, with a, a guy that's out of options? I think that he could be a great uh, long reliever, and you're seeing some reports that – I don't know specifically on the Indians, but I know some teams have talked about their starting rotation going short in games, maybe three, four, five max innings. And, you know, at least until they get stretched out towards the end of the year, you know, towards game, let's say, uh, 40, 45, or 50, when maybe they go a, a longer start, maybe seven, eight innings if they can. So I think that this year is going to be a really interesting year for long relievers and middle relievers. And regardless if he's in the rotation or not, Plutko, I feel like, is going to make that team. I just don't know what role he's going to be, you know, he's going to be in. I think he's well-suited for the long reliever role. He doesn't throw fire by any means. He's very crafty with his changeup. I think he's a good change of pace from a guy when you look at, like, a Shane Beaver or you look at a Mike Clevenger. Could you almost see the Indians doing a, a minor league-type typical thing with uh, piggybacking starters? They could. Again, it, it depends on the personnel they actually put on the roster to start out. Now, don't, now don't forget um, that the rosters are going to shrink as the season goes. So at, the, at, at least at the beginning, that could definitely be a possibility. As I mentioned, some teams have started to talk about throwing those starters three innings and then piggybacking with either a long reliever or maybe it is another starter. Um, there's certainly pitchers on this Indians roster that are used to that kind of thing. I mean, just recently when, when Shane Beaver was here in Mahoning Valley, or there in Mahoning Valley, I could say now, I guess, um, 
he was one of those guys out of UC Santa Barbara coming out of college drafted who was a piggyback starter. And he either was went the first two or three innings or pitched in the third or the fourth inning in, in relief. So it's not like they don't have guys that can't do that. And I think that's a definite option. And I think Terry Francona would also be the first to say that they're leaving quite a bit on the table for this year when it comes to both the pitching and the hitting. Well, Corey, we are up against a break. I know we'll have you on again throughout the show, but uh, uh, best of luck to everything out there. Stay healthy, and uh, we will talk to you again very soon. So thanks for jumping on. Of course, Mark. Talk soon. Stay in touch. Corey Christen, Toledo Blade, joining us on, by all means, right here on Western Reserve Radio. When we come back after the break, Ryan Alessio will join us to continue to talk some Cleveland Indians. You are listening to, by all means, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course, right here on the Valley's home for Cleveland Cobras football. It's by all means on Western Reserve Radio. By all means, continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Ryan is on the phone to join us for the second half of the show, and looks like we're getting closer and closer to having a lot of sports back here in the next couple of weeks, Ryan. Yeah, and I'm actually starting to feel excited, too. I think when we spoke last week, I was still like, "Ah, I don't know, I haven't had it in so long, and the closer we get to it, I saw that the Indians and Pirates are going to do a few scrimmage games, so... We don't even need to wait until, you know, what, uh, 10, 11 days early next week. We'll, I assume that'll be on somebody's television or it'll be covered in some aspects. So, yeah, I, uh, I think the juice is coming back, Mark. Yeah, um, from what I've been able to read, all three games are on AT&T Sportsnet. If you are a Pirates fan or have that channel, and nope. the game next Monday, so a week from yesterday, that is going to be played in Cleveland, that'll be on Sports Time Ohio. So we'll get a little bit of a tease before the year begins against the Royals on Friday night. Oh, that's so great. So Monday I can watch a game. You can. Huh. It's back, Mark. I feel it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit of excitement in all of this. And I was trying to think about different things, you know, what advantages or disadvantages do the Indians have going into the shortened season? And every time I thought about it, one specific advantage kept coming back to my mind. And that was, well, do the Indians have the best manager in baseball? Bleacher Report says he's the number one manager in baseball. I think he's the number one manager in baseball, but I'm completely biased in my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> Me too, then. I, I don't know if you and I are the most credible people then to speak on this. But I, I agree. I mean, you, I will say number one, but if you said he's top three, fine. But I do think he's number one. I think with his calming influence and the way he handles players and everything, I do feel in these kind of situations that are going to be, you know, far removed from a normal baseball season, I do think he'll be able to use his personality, that kind of like joking mentality, keep the clubhouse light, keep everybody motivated because you're not going to have that crowd to motivate you. You're not going to have, you know, that to rely on every night to get the juice going. So you're going to have to do it in different ways, maybe ways you haven't done since high school or, you know, like me playing rec league hockey when my grandparents would be there, you know. So I do think that Tito is going to make a difference, not only on the field because he's a great, you know, know, manager with strategy and – everything but just his influence in the clubhouse i think is going to go a long way for our team and you know if you i don't know if you're aware of this but if you're really itching for baseball 
when the Indians yeah. play an inter-squad game, they're actually broadcasting them on Indians.com. So you could go there tonight at 7-10 and really? hear Hamilton and Rosenhaus call the inter-squad game if you want some baseball. Now, do they have video with it or is it just audio? I think it's just audio only. That's fine. That's fine, too. Oh, I'm really glad that I jumped on this show today, Mark, because you're just telling me all kinds of – you're giving me all kinds of info that's really helping my day out. I appreciate it. Yeah, lots of baseball coming. And, uh, of course, the Indians and Pirates will play six times during the regular season this year as well. And as much as I'm excited about this year, I also was thinking about you know, the future of the organization because it's a balanced roster where there's veterans, there's young players, there's some prospects that may play a big factor into this year. Like a, a guy I've been telling you about for years that I really like is, is Yu Chang. And I don't oh, know if yeah. you followed any of these inter-squad games, but he homered in the first five games. I he did, I did see Carrasco. that. Yeah, he hit one off of basically our entire starting rotation, didn't he? Yep. That's awesome. I love you, Chang. I, I think you and I, you were telling me about him, and then when we got to see him play a little bit uh, last year, he, he caught on with the fans. You could tell the kid can play. So I'm really excited to see. And he's going to be, what, at third base? Uh, he's probably, I mean, he's a guy, he'll probably be a utility guy because, you know, most of that infield I think is spoken for this year with Santana, uh, you know, you have Cesar Hernandez at second, Lindor, as long as we have him at short, and, um, you know, you'll have Jose Ramirez at third. So if he makes the team, it'll probably be as a utility guy that can pretty much play anywhere they need him. Yeah, I somehow forgot about Jose Ramirez, and I apologize to anybody <laughs> listening. As, uh, as you know, Mark, I have been on the shelf for months and months. <laughs> so I got, I feel like an idiot. Yeah. So Jose Ramirez, third base, yes, absolutely. But I would like to see you, Chang, you know, figured it in some capacity, like you said, utility role. Because if he's going to rake like that, you got to keep him in the lineup somehow. And what did you think about the – he didn't come out and say, yeah, it's happening, but he pretty much alluded to the fact that they're going to drop Frankie from leadoff to the three spot. When I watched that conference, I about jumped out of my chair. I think it is absolutely the right move to put him in the three spot and help increase the run production of this team by having, I don't know, your best player hitting third like he's supposed to. <laughs> yeah, I was like – for all the things Tito does that we can talk about, there are a few things here or there that you're kind of like, what are you doing this for? So having Frankie lead off, and I, I guess I can understand it previously thinking, you know, we don't have a ton of bats in the lineup, or we didn't when we were doing this. And, you know, you get, your, your, you get him up first, he gets on base, maybe he can, you know, it'll trickle down to the other players, but he should absolutely be batting third. We have a much better lineup than we did to start last season, and so I, I'm 100% with you. I'm glad he's finally hitting third. And, you know, it's one of those where, I mean, in a 60-game in season, guys are pretty much going to play every day. I think the schedule is, what, 66, game, 66 days in 60 games, so they get six days off uh, in that time frame. And, uh, you know, you're the guy that for years, you know, the games in April matter as much as the games in August. Well, that's for damn sure true this year. Every game, 1 through 60, absolutely means everything. It does. And that's why, you know, I, I, I want to see the, the bats start off hot because that's usually our downfall in the beginning of years is we're just not hitting. 
so we're going to need those guys to actually come out hitting so we can prevent what we've seen in other Aprils because you're right. There is no month or two to get your feet wet. I mean, you're diving in head first after a long layoff. So, yeah, absolutely. Every game is going to matter more than it ever has. And you look at that schedule that I mentioned, you know, you open up with three against the Royals. And, uh, you know, by sheer mathematics, they have the uh, second easiest schedule this year based on teams from last year. And, I mean, you open up in the division right away with three against the Royals, three against the White Sox, and then you go to Minnesota, who, by the way, the Indians play ten times, and they play seven of those ten on the road. Great. <laughs> well, that's, they didn't really do us any favors with that one, huh? No. So what that tells me is, you know, when you have teams like the Royals on your schedule, the Pirates late in the year, I think we finished with them, uh, teams like Detroit, the teams we usually beat up on, you better do it because if seven of your ten games against the Twins, who you're going to be probably competing with to win the division, are on the road, uh, you know, I'm not saying, that, hey, the Indians could go in there and beat them 7 nothing, but they probably won't. So I definitely think, you know, the Indians uh, the past few years have been able to take advantage when they would play lesser competition. So we really need to, you know, stick to what we've been good at because if we can do those key things, I think we'll be all right. You know, this is a year where it's one of those where if you have you know, a wallpaper on your tablet or your laptop or your phone or I would say a pocket schedule, but you can't go to the ballpark and get one of those right now, you almost have to pay attention to what time every game is for the next day because there's a lot of different start times this year. Like the first couple of games, Friday night 7-10, Saturday 5-10, Sunday 1-10, they play a Wednesday uh, 6-10 game, so no weekday day games on the schedule, but there are some different start times to pay attention to. Which I think, you know, you're going you're gonna to see a lot of that because I imagine they're trying to fit in travel times. There's probably a lot of things going on behind the scenes we're not aware of. And, yeah, normally during a baseball season you'll see some different start times, but you never really see them completely different game after game. You know, usually it's like you're doing a four-game series. The first three start at seven. The Sunday game or the last game is usually the getaway game where you start at one or two. This time, I think just with everything that's going on, you're going to see a lot of that. So I did put the schedule. It's the uh, background on my computer. So mm -hmm. I will be ready for all kinds of scheduling events and times. It's going to be interesting because, you know, you look at different schedules like, you know, we haven't talked a lot of Pirates on this show, but you know, there's not really a lot of high expectations for them this year. But they play, I think, four or five weekday day games in comparison to the Indians who play none. So it is a very unique schedule team to team for this shortened season that you kind of. I guess I would recommend if you're watching the game on Friday, Friday, go to your phone and check the schedule for the next day. That way you don't tune in and you either miss the first couple of innings or the game is already completely over. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to um, definitely keep an eye out. And it's unfortunate because regardless of whether the Pirates are supposed to win or, or, you know, not, when I was living in Youngstown, I did get both sports channels. I got, I could watch Pirates, I could watch Indians. And I'm not going to be able to watch the Pirates up here because I'm in Cleveland. I don't think I'm in the old split market anymore, you know. <laughs> and, nope. uh, so that's kind of unfortunate because it sounds to me like I would have actually, since I'm working from home like you and a lot of other people, it would have been nice to be able to 
catch a, a Pirates game in the afternoon while you're sitting there at work and you just need some background noise other than, you know, some wrestling event from the 80s that I've been doing for the last four months. It, that would have been great. So I might have to find myself a little bit of a uh, old pirate stream, if you will, if you like that pun right there. You know what, I'll tell you this, depending on what your TV package is, there's going to be a lot of games, especially that opening weekend. Two games Thursday night on ESPN, multiple games Friday on ESPN, four games on the Fox Family of Networks on Saturday. So there will be a lot of nationally televised games all over the place, depending on what channels everyone is able to get to enjoy baseball, along, of course, with uh, you know having Sports Time Ohio. Uh, to catch all of the Indians games. So there'll be a lot of fun for baseball to watch. Going to take another break here. When we come back, we'll kind of let Ryan know what we're going to talk about next. I always feel like you need to have three players have a career year or a big year to make the playoffs. Who could those guys be? We'll tell you that next on By All Means. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio on westernreserveradio.com. Welcome back. It's Guys the Meeting right here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee time now online by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or calling 330-740-7112. Enjoying Dave learning how to count during the break. We appreciate his help from the studios for Western Reserve Radio and Struthers. Ryan, I was mentioning before the break, I always feel like three guys on your team need to have a big year or a career year for you to have a chance to be a playoff team. I've got three names for you that I thought about that I think to have a big year, and one of them might be obvious, but I start with <laughs> Francisco Lindor because the fact that he's going to bat third, the fact that he's going to be on the market available in the near future, whether the Indians trade him or he becomes a free agent, he's going to want to put up big numbers. And I think even in a shortened season year, batting third, I think he has a chance to have a big year. Absolutely. I just want you to let you know this, too, that I'm at my watch post staring at progressive (laughs) field. And I, I actually wish that it was closer to 7 o'clock because I would have been half tempted to just put on the old app and listen to the uh, scrimmage. I might come back for that. But, uh, Frankie, I think you're going to see some really obscene maybe RBI numbers, things of that nature, because we know he hits for above average. We know he can he has enough power to get you know 20 or so, 30 home runs out of the park. But when he was always leading off, you know, things had to basically line up correctly for him to get a lot of RBIs and drive people in. So I I do think you're going to see some of his numbers look better, not because maybe his skill level got, you know, higher, but just because of where he's at in the lineup. And I think that's going to be crucial because we're going to need to score runs. I, I know we have great pitching, I don't know what this pitching is going to look like out, right out of the gate. You know, I mean, they've been off. Are their arms going to be ready? How many innings are they going to be able to pitch, you know, for the first couple of weeks? So, to me, we got to be able to score early and often. And I think having Frankie third, you're going to see those numbers go way up. Number two for me is a young pitcher that I think follows in the pattern of Clevenger and Bieber. And that guy for me that I think makes the rotation and has a big year is Aaron Savali. 
he's a, a he's not a power pitcher, but he's not you know Josh Tomlin either. He's a guy that can can run it up there with a good sinker, has a good slider, you know, good breaking ball combination. Pitched pretty well uh, in his first couple of outings in these inner squad scrimmages. And I think he's that next prospect that takes the next big step into having, uh, you know, making it a big four for next year. Yeah, I like Savale a lot. Uh, like you said, he's not going to wow you with like a, a 98, 99 mile per hour fastball, but he's that cerebral, uh, cerebral pitcher. I'm not saying I'm going to throw a name out just because it's an easy comparison in my head. I am in no way, shape, or form saying that he will be this good. But, like, when I think of a Glavin from Atlanta back in the day that would come out there and kind of, you know, think his way through a game, that's almost what he reminds me of. And we are going to need some guys at the end of this rotation to really take it to the next level. And from what we saw from him in the, you know, some of the starts last year, Zavale to me is a guy that you can use at the back end of your rotation to really anchor it. So, yep, that's, a, that's another good player as well. And the third name is another bat that I think the Indians absolutely stole in a trade last year. He came into spring training 1.0, losing about 20 pounds because the tribe wanted him to be able to play outfield and play it well. If Framil Reyes can drive in runs and be a factor in the middle of the lineup, it can be a big shortened season for the Indians. I think for me, he might be the biggest factor and if they're able to drive in runs and win ball games. It's funny because when I saw the uh the rundown list you sent me, I looked at it yesterday a little bit and you had those three names and I thought to myself, I'm like, I know Frankie's gonna do what he does. Savale having a great year would be awesome, however I don't think it's gonna if he doesn't have a great year, I still think the Indians have enough depth they can figure that out. But I looked at Reyes, and I thought, if this kid comes out, and he's, and I, you know, we don't need him to be setting a record, but we can't have him batting like 102 for the first three, four weeks either. To me, Reyes is the key to get this Indians lineup where it needs to be. I think you're absolutely right. If Fran Mill Reyes can come out there and play the way we think he can, remember how hot he got when after um, – a couple, you know, it took him a few weeks or so in Cleveland to really, you know, get used to the different pitching and everything being in the AL. But I mean, he came alive. He sure did towards the end of that year. So I'm 100% with you. When I saw the name on the list, I was like, Fran Mill Reyes is going to be the key to us starting off, starting off hot uh, from uh, the plate side. Uh, and and I, I'm with you on that one. I mean, you look at the numbers for him last year. He hit about 250, 37 home runs. He drove in 81 runs. He's only 25 years old. Unreal. The best of him is yet to come. I, I, he could be an absolute steal in that trade last year with the Padres. Yeah, I don't even um, – what did we give up again? I can't even remember. Bauer went to the Reds. I know that. What, did we even send anything to the Brewers or uh, the Padres? I'm trying. We've traded so many times with the Padres over the last couple of years. Um, you know that was yeah that was the three-team deal where we got Framil Reyes and Logan Allen, and the Indians traded Bauer to the Reds, and then the Reds traded Taylor Trammell um, from the Reds to the Padres. So, so I sold. think all we gave up was uh, <laughs> was Bauer. Yeah, here's here's the actual trade. Reds got Trevor Bauer. The Indians got Reyes, Allen, Nova from the Padres, Yasiel Puig, and Scott Moss from the Reds. 
and the Padres got minor league outfielder Taylor Trammell from the Reds. Yeah, that's highway robbery. I remember, I think you and I talked on the phone when that trade happened. I was in Florida visiting mm-hmm. my mom when that happened, and you called me, so I was like, Some, it's big. If Mark actually dialed the phone, it's big. So, <laughs> so I do actually remember when that happened. Uh, on a side note, are you kind of surprised, and, and I guess I did read a while back that Tito really didn't like the way uh, Puig was in the locker room or whatever. Are you kind of surprised that he is he's not on a team? You know what? Breaking news, he's on a team. Oh, I hope it's – who is it? it? It happened within the last couple of hours. He went to the Atlanta Braves. Well, all right, at least it's the NL. I was, uh, I was still holding out the uh, 11th hour hope that we would bring him back. What did he get? Did you see how much – what his contract was? I don't think it was much. It might have even been a minor league deal. I'll have to look oh, here real my quick. Lord. I, I saw that it was, you know – would the move just happen today? See, I, I mean, you couldn't have put up with him for 60 games. Cause I was going to say that I, whoever paid him, I bet it was less than, I was going to say less than 10 million. But if you're saying like minor league deal, I, I feel like we could have put up with him for 60 games. Yeah. I'm going to try and verify that here for you shortly, but it was probably the best player out there that didn't have a contract. Man, that really shows you what his reputation must be around the league. You got a guy who's good in the field, cannon arm hits like a champ personality to the fans is probably better than his personality behind the scenes but it's just crazy to see what your reputation means to you when it comes to getting a contract because a player of his skill should have not been sitting out there and any amount of money he's taken regardless if it's a minimum deal or whatever it's probably way less than he's worth so it's just crazy to see what your reputation can do to your pocketbook According to reports, the deal is pending a physical and no terms of the contract have been announced as of yet. So not a lot. Probably not. Fizz. That's all I got. And you know what? I mean, it's one of those where, you know what? The Indians have, what, like, I think 11 outfielders on yeah, the roster right. currently. But, I mean, really, of those 11, how many of them are actually really good? One? Yeah, that – and who stays healthy? I mean – it just seems like every year, you know, we start with a group of outfielders, and then by whatever, a couple months in, we got nine new guys out there. So, you're right. I mean, I see it both ways. You've got 11 guys. Are any of them really that good? It's, I, get, I, I see it. I, I just, you know, as a fan, I, I wanted to see him come back. And it's one of them, too. I mean, I think Bradley Zimmer had all the potential in the world. He's hurt. I think, you know, you have a big – you like Tyler Naquin. I think he's okay. He seems to be hurt. A lot of the right. outfielders that had potential always seem to have injuries. That, that's the problem. That's why, you know, the one thing about Puig is, is he doesn't seem to get hurt very often. So, for the price tag that would have came with them. Now, I don't think he would have – he might. I don't know. I could, do you feel like he would have been a huge difference maker, or do you think it kind of would have been just, you know, really spinning your wheels, I guess? I, I guess the Indians would have to say, is it worth it in the clubhouse? Is he going to do enough on the field to make it worth the headache, I guess? And apparently their answer was no. 
Yeah, I mean, you hear some of the things quietly behind the scenes, and it didn't seem like no matter what happened between Puig and how he did on the field, I don't think the Indians were really that interested in bringing him back. And, I mean, he had a nice year once they traded for him from the Reds. It wasn't a monster year, but it was a pretty good year. Yeah, I mean, he, he made some nice plays in the field. He had a couple nice at-bats. But like you said, and what I was reading as well, they, you know, obviously weren't much of a fan of him, you know, in the clubhouse. And we do know that if you have one, you know, you got one guy in the clubhouse, it can really turn the clubhouse sour because you, it's, it's not like the other sport, like it's, you know, where you're, you're with these guys, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. For the whole, in a normal situation, especially, I mean, it's day in and out. There are no breaks from each other. So I guess you got to look at it where, yeah, he's good on the field, but for what he could do to the clubhouse, it's just not worth it. I'm looking at the list of outfielders, and I'll ask you the question, you know, who's good on this list? you got Greg Allen, Jake Bowers, Delano DeShields, the youngster Daniel Johnson, who I think has the potential to be good in the future, Luplo, Mercado, Naquin, Reyes, Domingo Santana, and Bradley Zimmer. <laughs> I'll give you Naquin, Reyes, and Mercado, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I would like to argue for Zimmer, but he can't. He's never on the field. Uh, I like Luplo, but he's just kind of a left-handed specialist. Mm-hmm. He's good in the field, though, but he can't hit from the right side of the plate. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about uh, Santiago or those guys. So I guess you're right. Like you, you have a list of names. You got a few. You got like your handful of guys that can play and and you're comfortable every day for the most part. But outside of that, like everybody almost is like a specialist, like just going back to Luplo. I'll hit left-handed, but I can't face a right-handed guy. Uh, Zimmer can't stay on the field. And if you remember, Zimmer from the plate, before he got hurt, uh, he was going in the totally wrong direction at the Mm -hmm. plate. He wasn't hitting anything. So I guess that's kind of the catch-22 you're in with the Indians is, we can't. We don't want to bring in a Puig because, although he might be a solid player every day in right field or whatever, it's clubhouse poison. And then you got a, a a deck of cards, if you will, and you're just trying to like throw them all together and make the best hand you can. So it just seems like to to me the outfield is always kind of ever since we let Michael Brantley walk, you know, it mm-hmm. just seems like we've been struggling to really get the outfield to where it needs to be. Well, Ryan, we're up against a break. We'll do this again next Tuesday, a day after we're actually able to watch some live baseball on Monday when the Indians play the Pirates on Sports Time Ohio. It's something I know a lot of us have been looking forward to. And, you know, we were soured on the negotiations, but once there's actual baseball on the field and hopefully the players can stay healthy, uh, it is something that we will all be finally excited to watch. When we come up after the break, we'll let you know who's on the show next next week what's on tap for the conversation next week and all of that is coming up in the final segment here on by all means is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at MillCreekMetroParks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek 
Creek Golf Course has to offer you. You're listening to WRDB, Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting, Youngstown, Orange, Salem, and around the world. That's going to do it for today's edition of By All Means, episode 16, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book your tee time now online by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or calling them at 330-740-7112. Big thank you to today's guest, Corey Christen from the Toledo Blade, and of course my co-host Ryan Alessio joining us from Cleveland coming up on next week's show we will be just a few days away from the beginning of the regular season of major league baseball we'll talk about the two major rule changes for this shortened season with a runner beginning every x every half inning in extra innings at second base and of course we'll talk about the universal dh in both leagues also joined on the show by our buddy brian tonar from mill creek metro parks we'll talk about the greatest golfer get you caught up on the pga tour action that of course is taking place in columbus ohio again this weekend and we will get you caught up on everything else going on at mill creek golf course so that is a jam-packed show for next week as well also don't forget we're not that far away from the nhl beginning in early august and the nba beginning here in late july that is going to do it for today's show thank you for tuning in listening to by all means brought to you by mill creek golf course for executive producer dave ferris i'm mark means and you've been listening to episode 16 of by all means right here on its home western reserve radio